This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we unjumble an important and sometimes under the radar statewide issue that affects you. And Shana, you had a big piece in MLive this week about this issue of people getting out of prisons and having trouble finding housing. What was the issue that you looked at there? No surprise, it is especially difficult for this population of people to find housing. Uh, I focus primarily on the Grand Rapids area and in West Michigan because anybody who's been around here or has spoken to people in the Grand Rapids area, they know that housing is really expensive out here and it is really difficult to find some level of affordable housing. And it turns out that people who are recently Uh, incarcerated are having an especially difficult time finding housing that they can afford, not because they don't have jobs, but because landlords are not uh, renting to them, because they're having trouble just finding affordable housing in general. They're also having trouble getting, uh, you know, resources from the government, you know, like Section 8 housing, depending on the crimes that they've committed. So they're, they're facing a lot of different barriers out here in Grand Rapids. And this is actually a problem that affects people coming out of prison across the state and really nationwide. And you spoke with some people who are actually going through this right now. So let's hear from Kaylin Griffin, Dennis Brace, and Francis Perez. Once you say I'm a felon, they're like, oh boy, no, that's going to be bad or it's not going to be a good situation. We don't want that trouble. Somebody out there trying to do something to change your life. And you got people out there not wanting to help them and stuff. And what are they going to do? They're going to go turn around. They're going to reoffend. I just hope they give me a chance, you know, to, you know, show them that I'm not the same person I was when I was catching these felonies. A whole different person. And Dennis Brace brought up a really interesting point and one that a lot of the advocates that are working with these types of people are focused on, which is, look, in order to not reoffend, the these people need to find stability in their lives. And right now they're able to find jobs. One of the workers that I spoke with said, look, I can find these people a job within a day. But when it comes to finding housing, ex-offenders are having just so many different obstacles put in their way. And if they don't have a secure place over their head, if they don't feel safe, they're going to go back to their old ways and they're going to reoffend. And what that means for the general public is that our prison numbers are going to continue to either stay the same or go up and we're going to keep spending money to house these people one way or the other. And the bad way that these advocates are saying they don't want to house them is in prisons. And that actually gets to issues with uh, the Department of Corrections here in Michigan. I believe they don't want to have to have people reoffend and come back into their system. They're actually working on solutions for this. Yes, and there's a few different programs that the Michigan Department of Corrections offers. They have their offender success program, and those people are trying to work with different landlords to convince them to rent to ex-offenders. They're having a hard time with that sometimes. There's a lot of landlords out there that say, look, I don't want the trouble. They think that, you know, these people are going to be particularly bad tenants for some reason. They also are concerned about neighbors or other tenants getting uh, upset because they're they're living near ex-offenders. But then you also do find landlords out there who are willing to rent, in some cases exclusively, to ex-offenders just to try and help them out. So, you know, Shana, one of the things that you you hit on that is something that I have uh, reported quite a bit on here at WDET as well when it comes to housing is that it's not just a criminal record that can get in your way of, of good housing, that it's evictions, too. It's your own housing record stays with you. Also, if you get evicted once, that stays with you for your entire life. So let's say 
you can't pay the bills one month you or a, a couple of months, if there's just a, t- a bad time in your life where let's say you have medical bills or you lose your job or something like that that makes it difficult for you to make rent each month, that eviction can make it hard for you to get housing forever and you can't really get that off your record. A hundred percent. And a lot of the ex-offenders that I spoke with, you know, they've had evictions in the past, either because they couldn't afford to pay or maybe their their landlord just kicked them out for other reasons. A lot of them had drug problems. So maybe they got kicked out because of drug problems. And then the other thing, too, is when you're in prison, you don't have a rental history. So not only are landlords grappling with maybe they have an eviction, maybe they have a felony or a couple felonies on their record, but then they also have, you know, months, years where they have no rental history at all which a lot of landlords will red flag and be like, look, you have no proven track record of being a good tenant, so I'm not going to rent to you. You know, something that's interesting about this, I think there might be some people listening that would say, Maybe, you know, ideally they would feel comfortable, as you said, with, uh, you know, living uh, near or next to or even releasing to someone who just got out of prison, but in in reality might have those same concerns. I mean, uh, we hear a lot about people reoffending because of, of course, the the obstacles that they face once they get out of prison. But it's interesting to think about how some of the forces that uh, keep people uh, in this cycle of going back to prison are sort of the same things that also um, make it difficult for people to accept that, hey, if we just give people a chance, that's going to reduce uh, that cycle uh, in the in the long run. So I, I think that there's a, a human nature issue here as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about sort of seeing the long game with this and helping people to realize that, look, if you help these people out now, in the long run, it will be beneficial for you from a public safety aspect, from a taxpayer uh, aspect. And this is something that Ben Rosa, who works at 70 Times 7 uh, Recovery, which is a an organization in the Grand Rapids and Holland area that focuses on helping ex-offenders, uh, really talked to me a whole lot about. He's like, look, we want our prison population to be down. If people keep reoffending, that population is not going to go down. So what they found is that, you know, initially they were focusing on employment. And that was something that the MDOC or the Michigan Department of Corrections was really focusing on for quite a while. They have the Vocational Village and other programs to help uh, make offenders desirable employees. And they realized that eventually they can get employment for these types of people. However, they're having a huge problem with housing. And he said that it is a dire situation out here when it comes to finding housing for these people. And it shouldn't be because they're working with law enforcement. They're working with, you know, a lot of other organizations to try and help people realize that, look, just because they may have, you know, a criminal history doesn't necessarily mean that they're not on the path towards finding a better way of living. So we heard earlier the conversations that you had, a couple clips from the conversations that you had with people who are going through this. What were some of the things that stuck out to you as you were talking to these folks, maybe that we hadn't heard from those three clips that we heard earlier? I think that what really stood out to me is that they are all sort of very aware of what the general public perception of them is. 
um, you know, that, well, maybe I, you know, that people think I don't deserve a second chance or that people think that uh, I don't deserve housing over other people because of my choices in the past. But they all kept saying, you know, look, I'm really trying to turn my life around and I just need a little bit of help and I just need essentially people to trust me when I say that I really want to turn this around and I want to do better. Um, you know, I thought that was very powerful and, and really consistent from pretty much everybody that I spoke with. You know, last week on the show and the podcast, we mentioned a, a fact that I think caught a lot of people's attention. That's that we spend more on prisons in Michigan than we do on, say, higher education and a lot of other things that I think people would see as priorities above having people locked up in our prisons here in Michigan. Uh, And this is a good example of something that really highlights why that is, right? That we have uh, a situation where um, we're really trying, and I know that uh, the Department of Corrections has renewed its focus on reducing recidivism uh, in recent years, especially under the leadership of uh, Director Heidi Washington there, that that's been one of her priorities is trying to find ways to reduce that cycle. Um, But that's one of the reasons that it's been so tough, because these are really tough issues to address. Absolutely. I mean, this is something that, you know, a lot of people have differing opinions on, and it it, it can be a really hot button issue. And one of the things that I wasn't really able to get uh, get across as, as much in the piece as I would have liked to just because it was already getting to be very long is that we are, I think, starting to see um, a change in opinion about this. You know, we are seeing legislators in Lansing really focusing on things like expungement. So if people are able to get some of these crimes off of their criminal record, they wouldn't have to tell their landlord that they had this criminal history. Maybe it would be easier for them to find housing. Um, so we are seeing this sort of criminal justice overhaul going on uh, in the in the state government um, and even a little bit nationally as well. So it's possible that that is going to trickle down and we're going to see, you know, the people in the neighborhood start to realize that, hey, maybe it's okay if the guy living next door, you know, went away for a little while because he had a drug conviction or something like that. Well, Shana, excellent reporting on this issue, and we will follow up and keep our eye on what happens with this in the future. That's all for Mishmash this week. I'm Jake Neer. And I'm Shana Roth. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.